0: This is Puck Yeah, New Zealand's hockey podcast with hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury, bringing you the best stories and interviews from down under. Whoa, we're back for 2021, people. That's right, Logan and Joe back in the house it's been a long time buddy how are you doing i'm
1: good man how are you it's like 2020 was such a it almost cancelled us (laughs) but 2021 brings us back
0: yeah uh and that is the basis of our first episode or two episodes of the year actually we're doing a big meaty two-parter to start the revival here and we've got a really big news drop coming in later in the show with our interview with andy Mills. so you gotta stick around for that it kind of blew our minds when we heard about it, so sure it's going to happen with you guys too. Uh, and thanks for tuning in. If you don't subscribe already, hit us up on—we're uh, on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere you can get a podcast. And uh, we're also going to be on YouTube as well. As you can see, we've got the cameras rolling, uh, so we're doing all that. And hit us up on an, our uh, Instagram as well at Puckier NZ. And if you still use Facebook, we're there as well. Um, but Joe. New Zealand was in a pretty interesting spot with uh, COVID-19 last year. I would say the envy of the sporting world. How do things all go down for you? Because I'm, I'm in Sydney, so I can't really speak to the experience myself, but what was it like for you in Auckland? Um,
1: it was quite doomsday in the beginning. Um, there was that press conference on the TV where Jacinda just came out and went. Uh, in three days, we were locking down pack up your shit and get the hell out of here, wherever you are on midnight of March 23rd, I think it was, um, um, yeah, March 23rd, um, that's where you're going to be for the next foreseeable future. And um, everyone was kind of like, well, this is kind of a bit weird. (laughs) Um, And then we got that public, um, like the alert thing, civil defense alert, and it was like, shit, no, this is actually real. Um, and then that was the new reality, a reality filled of Tiger Kings and last dancers and sourdough bread and <laughs> beer delivery um, and Zoom drinks and all that other uh, weird world that we lived in for that time. Mm. No sport because nothing nothing was on, it was kind of really grim, it would have been the perfect time to be able to just watch endless amounts of hockey if you were locked down in a, in a house but there was nothing on. Um we were about to start well Cam, I know Cam talks about it, we were about to finish the BHL season, the the um Auckland S and C season was about to start, everything just got put on pause in ZHL. Mm. Um and we just sat and waited really. Um <laughs> and baked and baked bread and until New Zealand um, after numerous one pm updates from Dr Ashley Bloomfield and who became the new <laughs> son of the nation,
0: Sex symbol, I would say, yeah,
1: <laughs> very clean sex symbol. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden we were back going to Eden Park with forty thousand people watching Super Rugby. It was quite surreal.
0: Yeah, the- Auckland
1: had a bit of a setback and went back into it, but I mean we've kind of been living this really charm life. Um, going to the beach every day and just hanging out and going to birthdays and New Year's festivals and everything. It's a weird um, utopia that we're kind of living down here, which I'm looking across in New and Sydney and things are a bit shitter. So it's go a, Kiwi.
0: It's, yeah, it's a great advertisement for New Zealand. If if you didn't already think it was the best place in the world, it, it most certainly is now. It has definitely made me uh, probably more homesick and more appreciative of New Zealand as a whole uh both the country and where I'm from and like just all the people um you know missing all my hockey friends my family everything um I have had no hockey I've seen no live hockey um since oh I want to say mid to late 2019 now um oh I know uh but the uh the the Sydney Bears what right. watching Jake Ratcliffe uh tear it up on his way to becoming Rookie of the Year. Um, doing the doing New Zealand, doing West Auckland Admirals proud there. Um so yeah, it, it hasn't been great. Uh things are starting to perk up here. Um it's, it's You it, had a baby though? Yeah, We'll, we'll get to that, the... but like it's it's almost like in Australia we take one step forward, two steps back. Um Queensland have basically been the big the big bully and have almost held all the cards and now they're going into lockdown. So that's crazy. But um I guess to try and survive 2020 myself. Um yes, had a baby. I'm now a dad uh to beautiful Madison Grace, who is currently asleep right now. Um so she's doing really well. She's uh get that she's don't don't wake her up yeah. for the podcast. <laughs> thankfully Just she's right at the other end of the house and Get, um, get that sleep. I can, get the I sleep. I can make a good amount of noise here. Um, but yeah, so at the time of this recording, she is 10 weeks old. Um, the hard thing is obviously not being able to see family, see you guys. Um, it's, it's all been FaceTimes. Uh, so looking forward to that day, that beautiful day one day where she can actually meet people face to face. Um, but outside of having a baby and that amazing thing, like it's that has been such a ride. It is such an adjustment. Um, like the you read like the dad books and stuff and it tells you that like your old, your old life is over. They try to make it sound as bleak as possible while also trying to be funny about it. Um, but it's true and you just kind of have to adjust and like there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously you've brought this like amazing new life into the world um, and you're figuring things out as you go. And then outside of that, I, I just, a crap ton of gaming. Uh, I've met a bunch of cool people through Twitch from streaming different like games and whatever. And, um, unfortunately it doesn't really seem to be much of a competitive, um, I guess seen for the, for like the chow games down here, like in Australia and New Zealand, mainly because of the servers, which the is- servers are shit, yep. yeah. But that's fine. Um, one day I would love to do like a chow tournament in New Zealand, honestly. That's, it's been a dream of mine for Pukkia for a while. Um, but we did get hockey back. We got, we got NHL, we got the Stanley Cup, and most recently we had the World Juniors. Um, don't know if it was really a shock. Was it a shock that USA won? I mean, we saw Spitting Chicklets were like, you know, USA won the last three in the gold medal game. So did you get to watch
1: it? I I, I saw the gold medal game. Um, I struggled for ages to try and find a stream to watch the games, but eventually got there. Um, Yeah, it's not a shock for the USA to beat Canada. And I think the thing was that just Canada had like 20,000 first round picks. So everyone (laughs) thought that they were going to be the... The teams have beaten they looked really good but usa on the back of my boy trevor (laughs) zegris the new hope of the ducks um they looked really good through the tournament as well they had a shitter against russia in the start but from then they were just dominant and usa and canada at that junior level i think are pretty on par when they play against age group level yeah and like finland like they've won three golds in the last kind of six years as well and like but once they get up to senior men's level they kind of can't compete with canada and us and sweden and that kind of thing but at that level it's pretty even across the board apart from austria
0: yeah we definitely saw a few one-sided um (laughs) scores there saw a few memes out of that one uh but I think we're lucky. Uh, I do wonder if that's going to be the only double tournament we get this year. Um, I mean, that's a bit of a doomsday kind of prediction, but we've also got the, uh, the women's world champs in April in uh, Nova Scotia, which be that would be pretty cool. And then you've got the under 18 world champs as well, uh, in April in Michigan. That's the one that I worry about, um, with how bad things are in the States. And then the double HF worlds, the big top tier tournament that's in May and June in Belarus and Latvia and, um, mm, yeah, you know, things man. aren't great in Europe. Um, and obviously everything's on high alert with this new, like, uh, strain of the virus. So honestly, who knows, who knows, but we, um, we don't get any double IHF, double IHF action for New Zealand in 2021 and the, that sucks. That honestly sucks, yeah. man.
1: Pretty much pretty much two years in a row. Um, I mean, the Ice Ferns got that one just before everything went to shit. Mm. Um, but no, no U18s, no U20s, no men's. And so the guys have had to come back and play in Auckland senior non check leagues and pr- try not kill people like me. So <laughs> um, it's been a really interesting year for for kiwi hockey players to try and adapt mm. and the federation as a whole to think about for ways of how to keep players playing and interested and in not have that issue which we already do of retention mm. now you've got the ice blacks not even playing so yeah for two that's another years. opportunity for people to drop out again and not come back so and we all go we i mean you go into that with andy as well which is a really
0: great interview I was going to say there's a very awesome segue, Joe, uh, we <laughs> caught up with, uh, NZ chief president, Andy Mills, uh, to get further insight on exactly what impact all those cancellations have had on New Zealand hockey and what we can expect in the future. First interview of 2021. We've got joining us on Puckier podcast is Andy Mills, president of the New Zealand ice hockey federation. Uh, of course, it's been a pretty interesting time over the last year with COVID. The whole idea of this episode is about how we survived twenty twenty um, with as little hockey as possible in some parts of the world. But New Zealand, uh, you guys were kind of we. I mean, let, let's let's be honest. We're in an enviable position to the rest of the world. Uh, you, you knocked it out. COVID is well. It's still kind of there in the back burner. Uh, it's almost like life resumed uh as it was but it was a pretty was it a pretty t- uh tough year you would say andy
2: uh, yeah very tough um it was really the unknown and it's, it's still a lot, lot of unknown ahead of us so um it hasn't really changed a heck of a lot um it's probably just made us a little bit more resilient uh in, in planning uh but yeah it was a it was a tough year
0: yeah, uh, it's, I'll go through a bit of a timeline of the wild year that it was. Um, I, first of all, I think the Ice Ferns, uh, very lucky that they managed to get a tournament uh, in, in Iceland. They played February 24th to March 1st, if you're going by New Zealand time. Shortly after that, uh, that's when the whole sporting world basically shut down. Um, the, you know, The under-50 men's team, their tournament got cancelled from uh, Luxembourg. And then, uh, mid-March you had the double HF handing down the decision to cancel the division two B tournament, which of course, uh, affected the ice Blacks. So that kind of put their plans of going to Iceland, uh, on ice quite literally. Um, and then also that same day, the NZHL put out a statement, um, you know, just saying that they're aware of the situation kind of main, you know, look, you know, looking at it, monitoring everything, um, I think at that point, New Zealand had five confirmed cases of COVID, and then I guess things escalated very, very quickly. Five days later on the 19th, um, the NZI put out another statement saying that the 2020 season had been suspended. But of course, at the time, considering, I guess, the gravity of the situation, uh, I think for a lot of people, it felt more like a cancellation. Um, What was the reaction like from the players and the teams when that decision was handed down?
2: Um, pretty supportive, really. I think everybody knew the writing was on the wall. Um, it was the intent not, not to cancel, just to sort of feel feel out what we could what we could do and what we could salvage the rest of the season. Uh, throwing in the towel wasn't really our first option. Um, it was really just to sit back and have a have a have a good look at what we can do to uh, to resurrect the season. Um, our first first thoughts really was uh, to stem the flow of blood. Obviously, um, we had. Uh, a lot of money invested in airfares and and accommodation and so forth. And also the safety of our players was was paramount as well. So um, we just went in there pretty cautiously and we thought that we sort of a a wait and see approach was better Um, and and that's ended up what we did.
0: Yeah. And then from that, instead of having a, a well, the sea, a normal season just didn't happen. There was no normalcy last year. Let's be honest. And instead it was replaced by a really cool idea. The showdown series where you split Auckland and the South Island teams. Uh, of course, Auckland then had kind of like a second, second wave there, another lockdown. So this series got delayed, but then you had, you know, the Dunedin thunder, the, uh, sky city stampede and the canopy red devils, of course, all playing against each other. So, um, what was the feedback like? I guess from you know players, fans, everyone uh, back in New Zealand of those series.
2: Well, I think, I think the key for us really was to get um, to get players playing. That was the biggest focus. You know, um, players not playing is never 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 very very good. Keeping um, kings teams, teams together and uh, that was pretty much a focus. And also, we've got a lot of fans. Um, give something for them as well, uh, and see what we can salvage out of it. Um, there was a few lessons learned the way we did things. Um, Obviously, not playing for something was 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 probably the only negative feedback that we got. Um, but saying that, the players were extremely happy. Uh, we were very fortunate to receive some funding from uh, Sports New Zealand, which helped us um, assist in funding. So players paid uh, very little to play this year, uh, which was also a big goal of ours, uh, which we achieved. Um, I guess. Um, yeah, all in all, I think it was pretty successful what we what we pulled together. The hard thing really was the unknown coming out. We knew that, you know, for instance, uh, living in Queenstown, you know, we have something like, quote me on those numbers, but something like 12 flights out of Auckland a day uh, that went to zero, of course, and when it came back, when we could fly, it kind of went to two or three or four. So the availability of flights uh, and the expense of flights was still an un- unknown. So we, we had to take travel, uh, we had to take flights out of the equation. Uh, and that was a, that was obviously a worthy option. It um, saved the players a lot of money.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's, I mean, that's where the showdown series kind of really worked. And I know there was the idea of um, there would have been a, there could have been more, but I think you did, uh, personally, I think the NZHF, NZHL did really well in managing that kind of scenario. It's good that at least there were some games. And then of course, when fans were able to come back, one thing I thought, uh, was a real highlight of the year considering where everywhere else in the world, basically there's no fans or it's, you know, uh, staggered seating. I saw a packed out Dunedin ice stadium and I, honestly i thought that was one of the best things i saw of all of 2020.
2: yeah it looks fantastic they broke a record and uh some amazing just like all around the country some amazing volunteers um working really hard for hockey and, and making it a great spectacle um and it's something that we really want to focus on is bums on seats and and, and building the profile of our game um auckland did the same thing um some massive crowds watching the uh, auckland showdown series um, so it was really successful. Unfortunately, Queenstown missed out with the lockdown uh, and bookings. We were just shy of uh, having one stadium full, um, so yeah, that was a pretty disappointing thing. But uh, Auckland, luckily, we were able to move those games, and that's a classic example of what we just talked about. If we'd flown uh, Stampede, for instance, to play in that showdown series in Auckland, well, it wouldn't have happened. And we would have had $10,000 worth of airfares and accommodation and uh, it wouldn't have been so easy to change. So it actually worked out pretty well, to be honest.
0: Yeah, for those of you that don't know, especially those that listen outside of New Zealand, uh, any flights to Queenstown from basically anywhere in New Zealand, especially Auckland, are uh, just ridiculously expensive. It's cheaper for people in Auckland to fly to Sydney than it is to go to Queenstown uh, quite often. So um, that's why, yeah, price is such a factor sometimes, especially uh, in a year like that. Um, going back to the international side of things, uh, you had obviously July 8th, the uh, under 20 men's and under 18 women's teams were pulled uh, from their uh, respective tournaments as well due to concerns around COVID. You know, those teams, uh, as was laid out in the Federation statement. Those tournaments happened earlier in the the year, usually around January, um, and things were still up in the air. Now we're in January, there's no freaking way those tournaments were gonna happen at all. Uh, October 27, uh, the Icewinds were pulled from their tournament as well, which was then later canceled by the WHF in November. And then they basically just nixed everything. Um, So no tournaments for uh, any New Zealand teams aside from the ice Foons last year, uh, this year in 2021, um, it looks like we're not getting anything either, but I, one thing that I really want to draw attention to here, Andy, um, from my perspective, it seems like the ice Wins, like they've been in a really good place right now. You know, they've got solid coaching, really strong senior, um, leadership group there as well. Uh, no doubt it's been difficult dealing with COVID-19 and the health and safety of the players is paramount, as you mentioned, uh, but unfortunately it feels like to me, like there's this massive halt in progress, uh, in their national women's team. Um, after what they've been doing the last couple of years, is there any plans on the horizon to help that situation by, you know, trying to get those best players some ice time against quality opposition?
2: Uh, Most definitely. Yeah. We're currently in talks, um, with the Australian Federation um obviously still planning is very very difficult uh with any international but as soon as those those borders open or that bubble bursts um we'll be straight into it Uh, we're also looking at uh, a number of camps across the board for all our national teams this year uh, to get the players together uh, training together as well uh, with some scrimmages uh, and some showcase games so that's on the horizon Uh, so there is there is plans to keep that, um, that sort of elite side of our game going, uh, and, and competitive. So it is a goal of ours to do that. Nice, but obviously planning, good. planning anything international, um, you know, it was a glimmer of hope that that bubble was be open now, but it just gets pushed back and pushed back and, um, you know, we're getting used to it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: What can I say? I guess, uh, sorry on behalf of all Sydney siders, <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. we dropped the ball there.
2: Yeah. It's okay. Yeah.
0: We'll get there. <laughs> I know it was. It was looking really, really close. Um, Australia, I guess, in December, start of December, we were on the verge of hitting that uh, definition of elimination that New Zealand hit months and months ago, and then of course the outbreak happened in the Northern Beaches. Uh, I've got friends. Um, uh, in the area, Andrew Bourne, who some people may know played for the Botany Swarm. Now he works with the, uh, Sydney bears, uh, does amazing work with them on the board and takes awesome photos with them as well. Uh, he's, he's been stuck there and cases are going back down now. So hopefully it's just a little bump in the road. Uh, I know Jacinda Ardern mentioned first quarter of 2021 was the goal for this trans Tasman bubble. Um, perhaps this bump in the road may have uh, delayed that maybe it's more mid 21 but i guess we'll find out uh sooner or later great to hear though that um you know looking at getting some new zealand teams playing aussie teams uh going into that i know it's probably a little too far in advance but what about say uh the trans tasman challenge the winter games is there any possibility that we might see that happen again this year
2: um we would we would love to um obviously the winter games has had a, a major reshuffle um so we'd be we'd be taking that on ourselves as a federation to organize um but it is on the cards uh it's been a really successful three years of running the winter games um australia love coming here and playing and um i, I think um yeah it's, it's definitely on the cards that that type of scenario uh personally i'd like to see a trans-tasman uh, against all five teams
0: um, being over here, I've sort of paid a bit more attention to what Ice Hockey Australia uh, do with their national teams and everything. Is there anything that you see that they do? Um, I guess that you see as something that New Zealand could be doing as well to sort of help grow the game.
2: Um, look, I think I think to be totally honest, we're actually punching above our weight here in New Zealand, and. Um, you know, there's, there's a number of uh, initiatives that have just been launched over the last couple of years in development uh, with Darren Blong and, and um, with our youth development coming through. Um, I think we're doing we're doing actually some stuff better, to be honest. Uh, and there's some, there's some key things we can learn from each other, uh, which is all part of that, um, that joint development model that we can, uh, that we can bring to the table. Um, you know, the funding of their, of their teams is something I'm envious of. Um, but, you know, they have a large constituents of, of uh, four and a half thousand players, four and a half thousand members. Um, so they have fairly good, solid funding. Uh, they also get a fair bit of government support, uh, so they do fund their teams slightly, uh, not to what you'd think they do, but at least something which we just simply can't afford to do. So that's something I'm pretty envious of. Um, but as far as development goes you know we punch you know for a for a country with um you know we've got 19 1930 odd members now uh which we've grown again this year um, I think we do pretty well considering so we bet them most mentioned- here. the most year and yeah
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah, Um, I agree. I definitely think New Zealand does punch above its weight. I think we we can say that about a a lot of New Zealand teams on the international scene. We just have this. I don't know what it is. It's just something about us. We we dig deep and fight hard. Um, You talked about initiatives. One thing I was reading up about uh, last night, actually, you brought back the two for one learn to play program for funding hockey gear, which sounds like a really awesome initiative. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah, well, a big focus of us is obviously growing the game and more feet and skates, um, which started a number of years ago. But, you know, real emphasis, it's gotta be our, our key is, is getting more, more kids into hockey uh, with more numbers, um, it, it solves every problem. Every problem in the Federation can be solved by more under 12 players. Uh, we've got some other initiatives with um, uh, the Super League, which is um, currently uh, started up in Auckland and has been rolling, rolled out throughout the country, which is pretty exciting. And that's a superhero series uh, front of 12s or cross ice, uh, which the kids absolutely love. Um, so, you know, growth, growth and retention is, is probably our, our biggest key and having a pathway right through from your first shift to your last, first shift at six, your last shift at 64. So, you know, our philosophy really is hockey for life.
0: Nice. Uh, just lastly, you know, we, you mentioned before about maybe getting some New Zealand and Australian teams get together to play, uh, looking forward to 2021, aside from that, what else can Kiwi hockey fans look forward to this year?
2: Well, exciting, a really exciting NZHL. So we're going for a full, full season this year. Um, knowing that there isn't going to be, um, the likelihood of imports, um, and we've always structured our, our season around imports, uh, we can't start it too early, we can't start uh, finish too late, um, but realistically it's, it's a New Zealand league and it's for New Zealand players, so um, we're going to bring that back to the game a bit this year and we're spreading it out um, and we're also injecting a um, another team into the league which will, will be announced shortly. Um, so uh just sort of drop that one on, in on you so um, yeah can you can you give us a hint on, on, on
0: um, can you give us a hint on uh where this team may be
2: um that team will be based in auckland ah. so um uh, it's it's a it's a new model we're, we're working on um focusing on retention uh and the groundswell of um good youth players coming through uh, we need more of those players playing at top top level hockey uh and not so much warming the bench mm-hmm. so um there's a few hints around there but it, it, look it's pretty exciting uh there that gives our uh, teams 10 rounds like uh, 10, 10 rounds of hockey i
0: oh, sorry i love how you are holding your cards close to your chest there uh andy you mentioned obviously the imports previously yes the NZHL has structured um things around them uh times and everything what was it like with the showdown series and you just had New Zealand players? What was the quality of the play like out there?
2: Look, I think it was, I think it was pretty good. Actually, I think it surprised a lot of people. Um, obviously the imports do, um, lift the level. Um, and I think there's a fine balance between, um, lifting the level and. Affecting the growth and development of our own players, uh, particularly when it comes to national teams. Uh, and we've learned that over the years. Um, so it's just a matter of constantly tweaking it to get it right, get that happy balance. Um, obviously, there are some teams that had the fortunate uh, that, that a few of their imports were still here or living here as residents. Um, but we didn't see that as an issue. Yeah, the, the key really was to just get players on ice. Um, you know, it, it, it wasn't a matter of, um, at the end of the day, the score, either the score wasn't really an issue for me. Uh, whoever won, we who lost. It was a fact that these, uh, these guys were back on ice together. Uh, I witnessed a number of times, uh, particularly in Queenstown, the first game against Christchurch, see all the players afterwards sharing a drink. Um, it was some really good camaraderie. Uh, and I think it's, a, it's, it's creating a great culture and a great product.
0: A third Auckland team in the NZHL, Joe. Wow. That was a we, massive drop. We, we come back and we've got a massive
1: bombshell breaking news to just release as soon as we come back. So, Unreal. Didn't you miss us? Didn't you miss us,
0: guys? Yeah, thanks for that, Andy Mills. I uh, appreciate that. Thank you again for uh, all the time that you give the podcast as well. It's uh, amazing. So a third Auckland team in the NHL. Um what do you mean? Not Wellington.
1: Not a, Wellington, yeah, not a Wellington,
0: team. Wellington team. So I do wonder if some people are going to be a little bit disappointed by that, but I, and like, realistically speaking, I think Wellington is, we're probably still at least a couple of years off there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're doing a lot of great things there to sort of get some interest in, into the game there, um, but not quite there yet. Whereas, you know, as you touched on at the start of the podcast, Joe, there's there's a bit of a developmental issue. Um, that's been going on for a while with New Zealand hockey and retention. Uh, and so maybe with a third Auckland team, obviously the population base, uh, as mm-hmm. well, more players there. I mean, you look at, we'll, you'll, we'll get into this in next week's, uh, episode with Cam Green, where we look at more on the, like, um, he doesn't like us calling it beer league, but that more social kind of aspect of hockey. Like there's a, a step down from the NZHL. um, yep. Whereas there is a lot of really good players, uh, people interested in playing the game at that level. So the numbers are there. It's just about how do you keep them? Uh, this seems like a really good step in that direction.
1: Yeah, totally. And my big question is what rank are they going to play in? Are they going to be as, will Botany be their home rank or will Avondale be their home rank or will they play in both?
0: Just <laughs> split. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cause there's definitely players you know, from the animals in the swarm, the younger players that perhaps haven't had the ice time that you would want to see out of them, um, uh, off, off, uh, off camera earlier. You sort of mentioned the likes of like Max Vesper, um, you know, guys that have sort of come through their under twenties, uh, program, but then haven't really had that opportunity. Um, Mm. I, hopefully this is going to be, that step. And I, I like the idea of having a sixth team in the NZHL. I think we've been wanting it for a while to sort of, yeah. um, even it makes it nice and even. Yes. We like, even we like, even think mm. we're just a bit pedantic like that. Um, you got the two Auckland teams, you got the, you got three in the South Island. Um, interesting. And I, another thing, obviously gearing up towards another season without imports, a full NZHL season, uh, with no imports. I'm sure some people might say that, um, the sky city stampede might have a little bit of an advantage there because you know, they've obviously they've done well to recruit and retain imports that have then stayed in Queenstown because why wouldn't why you, wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but, uh, outside of that, um, really interested to see where the NZHL goes from here. Um, did you get to catch any of the showdown series games in Auckland? What were they like?
1: Uh, really good and really good crowds as well. Um mm. really good games. I know it was a bit of a one sided kind of affair with um, with the Admirals winning them, but and the swarm kind of running into a few injuries and having to play a lot of younger younger guys. But in terms of the crowds being there, people watching and getting like they were pretty much dying for hockey and mm. it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It would have been cool to kinda if we'd been able to go back to maybe Spark and put one of the games on there as like a bigger kind of showcase. But that um, no, was really cool. And it was cool to see Grace as well playing yeah. in goal for the Swarm. Um, her brother scoring on, it probably wasn't a, a positive in the family, but um, <laughs> um, it was just really cool. And hopefully with this other team kind of coming in, that like you said, there's there's more opportunity for younger guys to stay and keep playing and, and really grow their development.
0: Yeah. One thing I'm curious about there is because to, you've got two guys in the Auckland system, uh, you've got Justin Dagg and AJ Spiller, who are very much involved with the development of the younger players, uh, through the under 20 system, um, they're doing a great job with what they have. Do you think this helps them take that to the next level?
1: Well, absolutely, because they're now running Auckland Ice Hockey, so and everything they're doing now is a has a plan for and a basically a roadmap to get the kids playing early, staying, and then pathways for them to graduate from level to level to level, um, and that kind of grey zone where they get into where they, if they're not really in the interdoe skill level or up to that level where do they go from there so more opportunity for them i don't know maybe i'm just going to say maybe aj will be coaching that team i don't know <laughs> i'm just throwing it out there um as a way to kind of keep keep those u20s those u18s kind of in that group almost like a um us national development team kind of program where mm. they're playing together growing together as as kids and then having somewhere to stay and play together before they graduate into, a, into the higher level.
0: Yeah. that That's a really good point. I think one thing uh, Andy Mills touched on that he really liked um, that he saw from the Showdown series is that, you know, the, the Admirals and the Swarm are competitive on the ice and then off the ice. It's like you flick a switch, you know, you, you're buddies. Um, and that'll help cultivate that more. I think we could get really strong leadership groups out of that as well and really develop uh, some awesome players because there is definitely the talent. We just need to give them the time um, and the attention and the focus to really help them grow as players. Another interesting thing that came out of that interview, I think with Andy Mills is talking more about trans Tasman stuff. Um, Double H F. basically anything beyond the top tier is like out the window at the moment, at least for 2021, who knows, perhaps even 2022. I know that sounds very bleak, um, but travel could be a long way off, especially traveling to uh, the likes of the Americas and, and Europe for New Zealand and Australian teams. Um, even the travel bubble like between trans Tasman, I can hopefully that happens again. We do love that Ice Blacks versus the Mighty Roos series that we get. Um, mm. Sounds like it's not a part of the winter games anymore though, which is um, a little unfortunate, but hopefully they can still bring that up. Um, there's been talks for a while about the uh, like the ice ferns or I guess a representative women's New Zealand team. Um, to go to Australia and play a bunch of the Aussie girls there. But, um, I would like to see more of that. The rest of the world kind of seems like it's a bit, um, let's just say it's fucked. Cause honestly, yeah. <laughs> it is, we can swear on this podcast. We don't do it often, but we do sometimes. We only do it when
1: it's a requirement to emphasize a point, a point exactly. Yes. And Use language in the correct way and in this way we've used it correctly as in things are fucked so <laughs> but it does offer a really good opportunity for New Zealand and Australia because We can play each other mm. once perhaps once this bubble opens up or we can have teams that are playing in Australia, maybe um, Which is probably a good thing for us and in, in terms of our hockey development mm. maybe send a team over and they play within the the um the australian league perhaps or and the play with the women's teams it's kind of a silver lining of this whole situation but
0: yeah it's almost work out for us yeah it's like big brother and little brother really should just band (laughs) together right now and just try to figure out a way to make things work uh for both sides um i know there's you know there's been a lot of people sort of reach out to us and be like, Hey, why doesn't, um, you know, the top NZ IHL team go play the champion of the AIHL. So, um, I would love to see that again, but, um, that could be another thing on the cards, who knows, but if we can get more of that trans Tasman kind of competition going on, great. I loved the idea of having the New Zealand under twenties and, uh, under eighteens playing each other. Mm. Um, I think, possibly more of that. That could be cool. Uh, I would like to see that on the women's side of things as well. Um, maybe if we got, uh, ice ferns playing against like the, the junior, the junior ferns, as I like to call them. Um, I don't, that's the official term, but that's what I like to call them. Um, but I guess we'll see. Um, so double HF. who knows, things are all up in the air. It's a bit like, bit like the Olympics. No one knows what's going to happen. Um, but for now, at least New Zealand has hockey and New Zealand, I think is in a very fortunate position in that case. Um, and one guy that loves his hockey, who isn't from New Zealand, but has made a really good life for himself here in New Zealand and is doing great things to help grow the game is Cam Green. Uh, and here's a little snippet of what you can expect next week's podcast.
3: At the end of the day, we're just trying to keep parody across the league. and. Um... If you got Jake Ratcliffe and Justin Dagg on one team, you got you got to spice up all the others to to kind yeah. of compete. Yeah,
0: yeah, hundred percent. So with the whole idea of that wild card, how do you think that went in the end for you?
3: Man, it was unreal. Like yeah. I, I never expected the uh, the level of talent that that came in, and that's not to say that the talent that uh, is already there. Um, mm is diminished by it in any way, but it definitely added a, an interesting wrinkle because it put, um, it put the, I put the onus a little bit on the GMs to go out and, you know, get that try. guy. or girl. Yeah. 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 Get, get a chance. And, and the whole, I call it a recruitment process, but it's, it's never really been a recruitment process. It's just getting to know each other, right. You want to make sure that you're surrounded by, um, good guys that you're going to have a good Thursday night with. And, um, and, and at the end of the day it, it it was it's pretty unreal to see the level of talent that we have in the league right now like i think th- i think the last time i checked in that showdown series that they had i believe there was 31 guys that had either played or are currently playing in the league well yeah that didn't take very long
1: before cam made his appearance on the show it um, seems like he's almost the third host most of the time but He's a great man, doing very, very good things for New Zealand hockey. Um, we're very lucky to have him in this country, bringing his big ideas that no matter how big the idea, he seems to always pull it off. Yeah. Um, and next week's show is really good. It's um, playing in the BHL this year. It's been terrifying playing against Jake. It's almost not fair when um, Justin goes behind the net and just sends a Eric Carlson saucer pass <laughs> right to the stick of Jake and he's just straight in shot goal and it's like okay cool I'll um I'll take the minus on that even though I had nothing to do with anything so that's kind of cool um hey plus, really plus cool. and
0: minus is the only hockey stat to worry about
1: yeah exactly exactly <laughs> exactly no it's really cool and um I know that there's even more bigger things coming um that Cam's got on the plan so um watch this space. Oh, he probably, yeah. he'll probably announce it on this podcast. He doesn't seem to, if do he doesn't, else.
0: if he doesn't do it this time, he'll do it the next time. The, yeah. the, the cogs are always turning in that big, sexy Canadian brain of his. Uh, but that's, that's it for us from our very first episode back in a while. We've missed you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast or wherever you get your podcast: Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, if you're on uh, iTunes, maybe leave us a little review. We appreciate that. Uh, and subscribe to us on our YouTube. Head us up on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, we'll be back with next week with part two of how to survive twin or how we survived twenty twenty without hockey, or yeah, maybe a little bit of hockey. So stay tuned. See ya.